Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Welcome to Returning Home. I'm your host, Natalie Sipinski. I want to tell you about something that recently happened, and I don't know if it will impact or affect any of you out there listening, but I thought this was kind of interesting. My husband and I were in Tel Aviv recently for an appointment, and uh, we were on the street, and there were big office buildings around us, and he said to me, Nat, this is where you should be. This is where you should be working, in one of these big buildings. And it was so funny to hear that. You know, I used to envision myself um, when I was actually a, a teenager in, in high school, um, when people asked me like what I wanted to be, I, I envisioned myself working in a big office building, carrying a briefcase and wearing high heels. That's all I knew. I didn't know exactly what I'd be doing, even in what field. I, I had no idea. I just had that vision. And, you know, later I went to law school. I became a lawyer. Yes, I did work in a big building. I did carry a briefcase and wear high heels. But now I'm in Israel. You know, we changed our whole life. When I was 33, I think we moved. And we live, you know, in a yeshuv, in a, in a village where there are no buildings. They're all homes. You know, we're surrounded by um, grapevines and olive groves. And the only time I see big buildings is when I get in the car and go to Tel Aviv or to Yerushalayim um, or by train, you know, or, or even to Beersheba, which is close. You know, if I go to Beersheba, you do see build, you do, you do see big buildings there. But I'm not in that city life. And um, I guess sometimes we all get to a point where we change where what we thought we wanted isn't what we want anymore. And that even happens here. It even happens in Israel. Um, even though I've chosen this life out here in the, in the mountain uh, with the goats and the sheep and the dirt and the rocks, which I love, I love, and I never, ever envisioned myself living this way. Maybe there is a part of me um, that wants that other life. I don't feel it. Okay, I don't feel it. It was funny for me to hear my husband, Jordan, say that. Um, But I'm telling you this because I'm thinking about it. And I'm thinking, even when you come here, and yes, you change your life in many ways, you can. You can change your life in many ways. You don't have to. Hello, I am Walter Bingham. If you want to hear the news behind the news and the true perspective on world affairs, then The Walter Bingham File is the program for you. We bring you interviews with the movers and shakers, political commentaries, and on-the-spot reports of events as they happen. All here every Tuesday, 4 p.m. Israel Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Time. And it's all archived on our website. Make it a date. is Natalie Sipinski, your host, radio show, Returning Home. Thank you for joining us. We have a very interesting show today. Joining us today 
is a woman I have known for years through Facebook, and I guess maybe one time we met in, in uh, real life. Her name is Yael Kaner. I think I'm pronouncing it right. Um, Yael lives in Malaya Dumim. She made Aliyah in 2011 11. from Baltimore, right? Correct. And um, she has a bit of a story. She grew up in the northeast, real north, like around Maine or something. Not right, the Hampshire and Maine come together. <laughs> okay, so you'll 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 correct me. Um, yeah, okay. you'll let, let let's hear how you ended up in Israel with the rest of us. Okay, um, it started as a thirteen-year-old in Young Judea. That inspired me. And I was like a Soviet refugee, always looking for my people. Um, there weren't anywhere I was growing up. Um, when I was 16, I went off to university and I got involved with the Hillel and the National Hillel. And um, I graduated at 20, went to Yeshiva University, met my first husband, literally the first day of school um, for a master's in social work. And um, I always wanted to come to Israel. So he brought me here in 1984. Um, we were at the Sephardic Educational Center in the old city and for a summer, and I thought, I've got to do this. I mean, I've, I've got to make the move. And we were, kept getting more successful, thank God. And we built a shul, and it just wasn't happening in terms of this. Okay, slow um, down, slow down. You're like on super speed. Um, sorry. Okay, it's totally fine. You're, you might be nervous. It's totally fine. When you were growing up, up there, wherever, New Hampshire, Maine, something like that, um, like I've never met anybody from up there and it's not known as like a uh, bastion of Jewish life. So you were this Jewish girl and you told me you were raised secular. Now, Young Judea is not a religious group at all. I'm surprised there was even a Jewish group at all up there um, when there you were was. 13. The reform, through the reform shul that I didn't go to. Um, I never went to their Hebrew school or, or I never, I never had a Jewish education, but, um, young Judea was the first, um, to introduce me to the concept of Yerushalayim and to teach me songs and songs are, you know, that's where your heart connects. And so I carried these songs with me through a very difficult time of, um, being very, very alone, um, on the border in New Hampshire and then coming to university, all of a sudden, I'm I'm with 85% Jews. All of a sudden, I'm meeting New Yorkers. I'm meeting right. amazing, like amazing people who are taking me to shul and and introducing me to kashrut's. And I had no idea. I was uh -huh. clueless. Right, right. Yeah, that's what you know. That is what I think 90%. And I'm kind of guessing, but the majority of Jews outside of Israel are very much assimilated, Americans especially, very assimilated, um, because they didn't have, like, they're not from New York, not every Jew is from New York, you know, not every Jew no. lives in um, the Upper West Side, um, and you you know that, you get it, and you appreciated what you, what you found, so awesome, okay, continue. So when I got to university and then I, I went to graduate school, um, this was a dream and we built a congregation. Um, first we were in San Francisco, then we were in DC, and then we were in um, Great Neck, Long Island. And uh, one of my sons at that point was already in Israel. Um, when we got to Long Island, um, things weren't so good with the marriage. So we ended up um, parting ways, walking different paths. And I went back to Washington, DC. My first boy, 
was already in Israel. My second boy went into the yeshiva and said, if you know where you want to be, shouldn't you be there? And the Rosh Yeshiva said, well, of course. And uh, he said, I'm leaving for Israel. So by the time I made Aliyah in 2004, I had two boys here, one in the Gruz Kolal and one um, ultimately in the Mir. Mm -hmm. So um, that made such a soft landing for me. Unfortunately, the one who finished Gruz Kolal had to go back and, and uh, you know, I mean, thank God he's teaching. Okay, sixth, seventh, so eighth grade. Let, me, let me just jump in. You're, you're, mm -hmm. you're making a very good point here. Um, moving to Israel on your own is difficult. Moving here with some somebody, your children, your fat, your cousins, um, parents, sisters, brothers, even friends, really, really makes it much, much easier. And um, even if you you know develop those friendships, uh, you know, long distance, it can help. You you didn't. You actually had blood relatives here, your own children Love here. My kids. Yeah. But since I've been here, I've discovered something called a DNA cousin. So Maliadamim is populated with DNA cousins, people who we share wide swaths and have no clue how we're related. Um, but I treasure them. Absolutely. And it turns out I have another cousin in Modi'in, who's actually a fourth. We both share a great grandfather, like three times back but it doesn't matter she's my cousin i told right. her you need a kidney i'm your woman right right <laughs> so, family family i don't care how this is family family but the major takeaway from this whole experience of making aliyah is that the ability to reinvent yourself when i came here i was a chef um i then I went to seminary, so I was a seminary girl, you know, reviving a dream that I had had while the children were growing up that I would um, understand half of what their homework is, was. Um, so I went to seminary and then when I was done, I set up a business called Bubby on Call and that was going really well until COVID. Okay, um, slow down because I want I want you to say that slowly, Bubby on Call. It's Bubby like, on it, Call. It's like, it's yeah, like I own bubbyoncall.com. Okay. <laughs> so. So this, this, when did you when, when did you create that? Um, I started that about let me think about 2017 or 18. It just evolved. I started taking care of families beyond my own. I started noticing that there weren't um, people that if you want to go away overnight with your husband, who are you going to call? You know, it, it, some people are willing to take Charles Manson as a babysitter. So I came a little bit, you know. Vetted. Okay, so <laughs> let me let me let me just cut in here and explain to, to our listeners because I understand your concept, but they might yes. not. Uh, Bubby, first of all, is a grandmother. Okay, Bubby is a grandmother, and Yael created herself as a babysitter, but more more than just some teenage babysitter, she was like a substitute Bubby because there are a lot of people, and this you did not say, Yael, in your yes. community, Malayudumim, other communities also, where there are a lot of Anglo. Um, Olim, Olim, and they come here and they don't have any family. They don't have anyone they trust. They don't have anyone that they can depend on. So Yael noticed this, you know, vacuum, this this need, and jumped in and said, you know, I can do that. I can be the bubby, the your who watch your children overnight, and you don't have to worry because I know how to take care of a home. I know how to take care of children, and I know, you know, I'm trustworthy, and that is tremendous. That is such. Um, one of my clients went to Bulgaria, one went to China for two weeks and then called me and said, we won kind of a, an award. We got to stay a little bit longer. I'm like, okay, fine. I just rolled with it. Yeah, um, right. But along came COVID. So that just cut a hole right through the whole 
experience. So I said, okay, I want to reinvent myself again and I want to be of service. So what am I going to do? So I signed myself up for the Jerusalem Institute of Coaching um, run, run by Leah Ganesh. And um, I spent almost six months with her learning um, coaching techniques. And I decided to devote myself to resilience coaching. And um, because that's the number one thing that you need here, I believe, this is my philosophy, um, to make it successfully in Israel, you have to be willing to roll with the punches. If you come here and you're a, an expert in, you know, teeny tiny bugs of, you know, Mongolia, you're gonna be up a creek. But if you're willing to open your mind and get help, and there's plenty of help here, um, either retraining or um, you know just networking. If you are willing to change your your vision of what yourself is and apply those things that you have inside of you, you're going to be successful. That's kind of like reinventing yourself. Um, Absolutely, and, and I'm the queen of it. <laughs> yes, but resilience doesn't mean reinventing yourself, and resilience doesn't. It also doesn't mean, at least in my mind, to roll with the punches. Doesn't resilience mean um, staying strong? It's staying strong, but one of those things is by being fluid and flexible with whatever's going on. That having the ability to center yourself and know your own personal inventory, what you carry inside of you, all those experiences and how you're going to pull them out and use them. That to me is resilience, is knowing how to change, when to change, but having a, a firm idea of who you are on the inside. Okay. Well, you know, I'm going to just, you know, play devil's advocate here because I think a lot of people actually have that. They, they have everything you just mentioned. They have those qualities, but they yes. don't know, but they don't know it. It's, they don't know it. And I don't That's think why it's so important to know your personal inventory, to know what your skills, your strengths, to work on yourself, to really pull out all those experiences that you've had and what you used in yourself to overcome any kind of adversity, how you made your success in the past. Once you know those things and those things are imprinted on your soul, nothing can shake you about this experience. Okay, that's fine. I don't know. And I don't know if it's necessarily true, Yale, that you need to acknowledge those things and know them. Why can't you just have them and use them? You should be able to recite it in your sleep, who you are, what you've been, you what you want to be. What me uh, don't, that's just my, my personal. You know, I mean, you took my, a coaching uh, course. So, I mean, you, you are a professional in this and right. Um, I don't, I, I'm, if I was your student, I would, I would argue with you. I'd say, why do I have to know it? And, and you should have an answer for me. I'm, I'm waiting for you to tell me why I need to know it. Why do why do you need, you I'll, need I'll tell to, you. What, you have to, you have to know who you are. You have to know where you stand in this world. And then whatever's coming at you, you're going to hold up to it much better. We will be right back after these messages. We're going to hear some more from Yael. And um, stay tuned. And we will be right back. Hi, 
Hi, everyone. This is Andrea Simento from Jerusalem inviting you to drop everything and join me on my show, Pull Up a Chair. We'll visit this week's quirky stories, meet fabulous guests, and discover my Israel. Together, we'll laugh, shout, and explain the topics that make us say, hey, we've got to talk about that. So get comfortable and pull up a chair with me, Andrea Simento, every Thursday on Israel News Talk Radio. Welcome back to Returning Home. I'm your host, Natalie Sikinski. We're continuing our talk with Yael Kainer, who lives in Malia Dramim. And we were just um, getting into it about her role as a coach and how she tells people to be resilient. And I uh, started kind of arguing with her, and we're continuing right now. But, you know, sometimes we're thrown, and we don't recognize what's thrown at us. And I'll give you a good example. I just spoke to a woman uh, yesterday. I was going to, I actually invited her on the show. She's a lawyer. I met her a couple of years ago at a conference. I know she recently moved to Israel. We have a common friend. Called her up. I said, you know, you want to come on the show with your husband? Tell us about your Aliyah. She's been here about a year. She left me a voice message. And what was her voice message? We came here in August. My husband left me in November. He filed for divorce behind my back. I have the six kids here and I don't have work and I need help. She sounded totally together, by the way. I mean, she did not sound despondent. She did not sound weak, but I did not know what to say. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't know. What could I say? Be resilient, reinvent yourself. I mean, that's a lot. And, you know, these stories sadly happen here. We see in the news, so-and-so won't give so-and-so a get. We see a lot of divorces. Moving to Israel is stressful. You're coaching. Living in America was stressful in my case. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Today, the world is stressful. And you know what? Marriage yeah. is stressful. It doesn't matter where you are. You're right. And right. your coaching and your resilience and whatever you're teaching your clients is extremely valuable. Okay? Well, it's not what I'm teaching them. It's what... I'm helping them to reveal about themselves. It's mm -hmm. really the answer lies within them. So, well, I think just, you, yeah. I, I think it's good. I think, I think a lot of people need to be built up. Um, and, and if you're built up and you're strong, you can, you can, well, you, right. You can, you can do anything. That building process is knowing that personal inventory. That's what I'm talking about. Interesting. You know, that, Maybe you're right. Maybe yeah, you're because, right. You know, I, if you, I know I am. I, my clients will tell you that. Um, but, why do I say that? Because if you know your skills and your abilities and you know what your intellectual, um, you know, intelligences are, you know, if you know all these things, then that's why I say it can't knock you over because then you know what to reach back for. And, you know, I mean, I had to literally, I mean, at 44 years old, start my life over again. Um Literally, I had to, you know, a career. I had three children. One of the children at the time um, wasn't doing well. Um, I had a lot of challenges, but because I always treated my life as if it were a giant backpack with skills, so I would pull things out as I needed. Um, mm -hmm. I was always a, you know, happy person to take uh, classes. I always am, I'm always enrolled in a class. So um, I was able to pull out and become a mashkicha for the Star K. So I did that for almost 30 years. And I took hotel and restaurant management. How did I know I was going to end up working with the Star K in a hotel? You know, like, 
all these things, the pieces come together. But Israel has brought out the best in me because I have been able to, you know, change and keep going and, and do things I never dreamed I could do. If you have um, one bit of advice to give people who are hesitant about making the change and moving to Israel, what would it be? To be flexible, to look at your skill set, really go through, that's what I mean, the personal inventory, to really go through your skill set and see where you have skills that maybe you weren't using in the States, but here there's a market for it. Excellent. So yes, I, I like that. And it's true. Yes, is possible. And I actually have a sign over. Um, I have what do I call it? I have a sign over my bed that says Hitzlachti. That was one of the first phrases I learned here. I was successful because I planted the seeds in myself. Hitzlachti. Excellent. Good. Well, thank you, Yael. That is very good advice. And it applies to both men and women, by the way. Um, you know, Israel is full of strong people and they're not, it's not like a male dominated uh, place here. So both of you, yeah, you know, everybody here needs to be flexible, men and women. And um, wow, that, that, was, that was great. I, uh, I appreciate you letting me um, <laughs> challenge <spark. me. laughs> spar with you a little bit but um you know i i i used to admit when i would see somebody say i'm a coach i would be a little bit like uh not not to not not really believe it because it you know i i didn't really understand it i guess and i thought wow you know i could just call myself a coach too like just tell you you know to tell you you're great then i'm a coach too but if you you know if, if you spend six months and you know how to how to pull this stuff out of people and you uh, can stand up to my questions, then I guess you are a coach. <laughs> the proof is in the success of well, other people. Let me ask you this. Do you like have uh, a steady stream of clients? Do you, do you are people, I have all I can handle at the moment. Yeah, people, um, people I, need When I'm here, ready to I step think. out a little bit more, um, I, I am full from the moment I wake up on Sunday morning, because in Israel, that's day one. Um, you know, that's Monday, which is Sunday. Um, from the moment I hit the ground, I am busy. And yeah. Baruch Hashem, you know, there's, there's a line. Very good. Well, thank you, Yael. And thank um, you. if you could share with us your website, that would be great for, for your Bubby on call and the, uh, and the coaching. Do you have a website for each of those? Um, I do not. And I'm sorry about that. No, but most totally people fine. don't reach me. They reach yeah. me on um, on LinkedIn. They reach me you know, on WhatsApp and uh, yeah. That okay, is... fine. They can reach me. They can reach you through me at Natalie at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. If you have any questions for Yael, if you want to get in touch with her, again, Natalie at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. I'll be happy to pass it along. And um, thank you all for listening. Thank you, Yael, for joining us. Have a great week. Um, we started talking again and started talking about my take on uh, this being a coach. So um, we didn't get off the call. We kept talking, and uh, here we go. You'll, you'll hear what we kept discussing. But a lot of times I see these coaches, and I'm like, oh, my God, what a play. Totally. Well, first of all, Leah Ganesh would never allow that. She's a total intellectual, and she's brilliant. And, you know, she's studied um, 
with the best places in New York, you really should interview her because what she's doing is she's giving Olim new um, tools to yeah, use, tools, right. whatever their passion is. But Leia, Leia came here as an American and from, you know, St. Louis and other places. And she's got diverse interests. You could keep her on for an hour and she'd be so interesting. So, um, yeah. well, but this, in terms this, of talking about her school and how she got started, because she was actually a psychologist and she decided psychology was more hooey. Well, she didn't say hooey, but mm -hmm. she decided that it was more serious coaching. Coaching was more action oriented. Yeah. And, uh. So you should talk to her. Okay, awesome. They'll send me her information. Right. I totally will. This this is really good. I, I had no idea. You know, it's funny. What you do as a, as a coach is like what so many people need. And so what do they do? Because they don't know about coaching. So they just go to their friends and they just get advice. And they get bad advice. Or they get just like flippant advice. And and now I find myself giving advice. And I'm like, well, I'm, I don't really know. Sometimes you really just don't know. And there's so many things about living in a different culture that play into the way the landscape is. It's not the same place you came from. No. When you're having a conversation or a negotiation, everything's a negotiation, as you know. When you're having exactly. a conversation with someone and they're from Morocco and they're 55 years old and he's a man and you're, you know, it's not, and you don't answer him, he might think that you agree. When I think exactly. it's, I'm, I'm, there's no answer here and I'm gonna consider it. It's funny. I have a little bit of an edge here in Israel. I was a Sephardic Rebetzin, so I know these people. They were my board. So so I'm a little more comfortable with all that. I also have someone that you should speak to named um, Mati Wagner, who lives here in Malia Dumim, and he is doing nonviolent communication. He's teaching us how to look into what people are saying. It's like speaking peace in, in a world you know but he but he also understands the need for security and for these kinds of things so he would be very interesting because my question to him last week is how do you balance my you know settler you know chic kind of um gun-toting grandmother with you know speaking peace and so we we had a very interesting conversation about that and i'm sure you would too all right um right you know a lot of guy. people you're out there Baruch Hashem. i made up my mind that i wanted to meet everybody in israel i know it sounds nuts you're doing it you're doing it slowly awesome. slowly covid really like you know wrecked my jam but okay it's so funny you i found on this list this whatsapp groups which is like uh how to live in israel post-COVID or something like that. And it and it was actually geared towards people who want to make Aliyah, who have not been vaccinated and, and hate that whole thing. And so when I saw your name, I was like, good, at least I don't have to play around that little dance. And you right. you keep you keep um throwing it into your talk. Like I did Bubby on call and then COVID happened. I'm like thinking to myself, why talk about it? Why, why are you making it such? Why are you mentioning it? Why are you giving it? Was, it, it why are you giving a, pivot, it a platform? Go ahead. Because it was a pivot, and it was a historical um, mass hysteria that was taking place that was very confusing, and and I also decided to pivot because it wasn't. I did not feel like people felt it was good for me to come into their homes. For two years, I stayed apart. Nobody hugged me. You know, like these people. Yeah. Um, I yeah. used to have a very touchy feely life. Now life is very different. And that's why COVID keeps coming up because it was a, a turning point. That's when I went to coaching school. It was, a, it was a horrible thing. I, I gotta say, I was, I was just talking to a friend of mine, his wife left him. He lived in Canada. 
She got vaccinated, his whole family, he refused. He refused to let the children. She left him. She came back to him. He He's so glad. And I was just talking to him. I was so happy to find someone who that I could talk to because you never really know. I mean, my very no. good friends, people I respect, such respect for, just fell in line. Shalom, I'm Leah Haroni. Join me on my show, News from the Torah. Each Sunday, we'll use the weekly Torah portion as a prism for understanding the news today. Listen to News from the Torah to gain clarity about the times we're living in and to understand your own spiritual path in the process. News from the Torah every Sunday on Israel News Talk Radio. Welcome back to Returning Home. I'm your host, Natalie Sapinski. We finished up with Yael, and she was really great, and it's pretty funny. I have seen her, and we have communicated for years, for years, this woman. And um, she's, she's really out there, and she's a great example of positive energy. She even showed me some T-shirts she's wearing, says, be positive. And that's a very good, um, that's a very good attitude to have, and that's a very good, like, way to be because there's a lot of stuff that can knock you down in life here there anywhere it doesn't matter where you are um we all face challenges at all kinds you know at all kinds of challenges every stage in our life and uh to stay positive and to really push yourself forward is a skill and not everybody has it and it's something worth getting now she and i were talking about resilience and to her resilience is you know having a toolbox and knowing what it is. To me, being resilient and having resilience is, is being strong. Um, I guess we're kind of saying the same thing, just maybe in different ways. But it is important. And, you know, I meet all kinds of people. And a lot of people who don't live here um, tried. And, and I don't want to say they failed, okay? It's not right to say they failed, but... They, their attitude, it's, it's having an attitude here and you can't, you just can't look at it as um, something you're trying to do and you have a choice to not try any longer. You have to really look at it as this is our home, this is my home and if this isn't working, let me try another way because really this is a great place in so many ways. Um, you know, people tell me to talk. That's what I'm talking. They... They have written to me, and please talk more about your life. So that's what I'm doing. I'm talking about my life. So uh, all of you know my life. I, I walk the dog very early in the morning, um, and right now I'm lifeguarding. So uh, afterwards I go have lunch. I mean, like, that's my life, and it's a very simple life. And some people might think it's a little weird to be at my age and my stage of life, you know, and still lifeguarding. We only have one child at home. Um, my second boy is now going to the army in August. I have two soldiers. The house is practically empty. My 12 year old is it. That's he's the only one at home. Um, I do some other things. As you know, I'm involved with Hatsala. It is extremely meaningful work. These medics who, you know, arrive and appear out of nowhere 
when you have a car accident or someone throws a rock at you on the road or you have a knife attack or you're having a baby throughout Yehuda and Shimron. These medics allow us to live here. Um, there's a lot to do here. And, you know, living out here, you see nature and you're part of the landscape. And it's just every morning is like a little vacation for me. I, I got to tell you, it's absolutely true. Um, I see the goats. I see foxes. I see um, jackals. Um, it's just beautiful. And, I, you know, it's funny. I, I sometimes record messages to my family and my friends and my family especially, they always comment on the noises because you hear birds and they're loud. I don't notice it. I don't notice it anymore, but, but they do. And you also hear roosters in the background. I don't notice that either. Um, it's kind of like we're living on a big farm. And all throughout Israel, there are so many beautiful places to live. I saw on the news just this morning, I think, that the population of Beit Shemesh is expected to quadruple and they are making more and more housing available there and that's tremendous it's a great city tons of opportunities for work and education and housing for english speakers from all over the world great place to live um, and it's beautiful you know it's it's against the forest it's in between Tel Aviv and Jerusalem. It's just a great place that has built up there. Beit Shemesh, and they also have Ramat Beit Shemesh, which is like on the next mountain. There's an Ikea right nearby. Um, it's really a, a great place to live. And um, I know you can survive there in English pretty well. But there's also Yehuda and Shomron where I live. And I'm going to just shout out there that we are also always looking for new families throughout our 150 communities, and today there's no more corona, so you can come and do a pilot trip. You can come with your spouse, come for two weeks, come in the summer uh, and see, travel, rent a car, drive up and down, you know, connect with me, connect with other people who are here. There are so many people willing to help you. Um, there is really no better time to move here. There's just so much opportunity. There's so much going on. This it's busy, you know, it's, it's just busy. Everything now is online. Everyone can help you find a job. There is, there are just so many things to do. You will never get old here. It's just, um, it's a great place to be. And I feel so sad when I, and I see my friends still living and still doing the same things in, you know, the States, like, like there is no Israel. They're still doing the same thing, the graduations, the bar mitzvahs, the weddings, the fundraisers. And I'm just thinking to myself, but why are you there? This is the Jewish homeland. This is where you should be. It's not Disney World, people. It's not a place just to come for a tour or just to come on birthright or just to come for a Sukkot or just to come for a mission. It's a real breathing country. We have good we have bad we have action we have boredom it's a real place to be and there's no reason to wait any longer there's nothing keeping you out yes it isn't perfect yes there are people who leave who don't make it it's true okay it's not butter you know it's not a guarantee but no nothing is a guarantee um i uh i'm going to be doing a new project an alia project with my good friend David Brenner at Partners in Aliyah. We're going to be putting together a series of videos 
um, of different people who have made Aliyah. Some of the people who have been on our show will take part in that project. And it's just showing that there is an interest of, of uh, you know, showing real faces, real people who have done it. And it's something that I hope all of you listening will consider doing sooner rather than later. And please continue to write in with your questions. I love the mail. I get a lot of mail. I love it. I love the suggestions. I love the questions. Um, this program and this whole station is geared for, for people like you to keep you involved and to know what's going on here and how we think. Um, there's so much, you know, media bias. There's so much, what's it called, fake news. It's nice to know that there's a place like this that gives you real news because here it's real. And um, I'm, I'm really privileged to be part of this. For the last two years, I think I've been doing this. I've met a lot of great people. And um, a lot of listeners have learned about my life here in Susia in the Hebron Hills. And it is growing all the time. And I'm going to tell you a quick little story. And one way that things are growing here, not just in Susia, but all throughout Yehuda and Shomron, I took a group of um, donors this week to the Jordan Valley, to a yeshuv there called Mevaot Yericho, which is west of the Arab Yericho, big, big, um, popular Arab city known Jericho in English. And this yeshuv is beautiful. 50 families in the hot, hot desert. I mean, just real desert, okay, and hills. And I've been involved with this yeshuv for a couple years, and I've done a few projects there. And this uh, group of women came with me to see a project that one woman did. It was a... Uh, how do I say it, a, a um, deck and shade area. They call it a pergola on a hilltop with trees and lighting and water and picnic benches. And this is actually considered a park. And we put this outside the fence of the yeshuv so that the youth and the families have a place to go, a new place to go. Now, what does that mean? The Arabs who are the Bedouins who are constantly trying to encroach on the Jewish areas see this, see this Jewish structure and it's giving them a big signal to stay away. And it's very important to do and this is going on all over Yehuda and Shomron. The Arabs are constantly building, constantly trying to encroach on the Jewish settlements because the Arabs build faster than we do and they don't get any permission um, so these kind of projects are great, very important, along having shepherds. The next step will be they'll, they'll put some families there, some houses, and one of them will be a farm, a shepherd. And we've done that here where I live, too. We've taken over three hills since I've lived here, and there are shepherds now on two of them, lots of houses on another one, and the Arabs have stopped. It has given them a big signal to stop. There's Jewish settlement here. You cannot come any closer. And it's working. It is working. Slowly, slowly, it's working. We really should be moving faster. I wish more people would get involved in these projects. If you're interested in getting involved in something like that, please contact me at natalie at israelnewstalkradio.com and I will see that we can get something done. It is so important and it is very uh, very basic work. Just as basic as the work I do with Hatzalah Yudon Shomron, our medics, also extremely important. We couldn't live here if we didn't have these medics who come when there's an accident on the road, you're having a baby, or there's a terror attack. They are making it possible for all of us to live here. And they need support as well. And if you're interested in supporting them, please reach out to me. You can also find me at natalie at hatsala.org.il. Um, but you can see all that on our website. 
and that's what keeps me busy people you know it's it's a busy life here you uh you it's like i never have a moment of rest and that's okay um it's great it's busy and all of you who are coming and you want to come down and see the Hebron Hills and see our beautiful Yishuvim. If you're coming this summer or this fall, get in touch with me. Um, don't hesitate. And uh, I hope all the people who have been waiting during the corona pandemic time are waiting no longer. There's no reason. Um, everything's in full force here and blooming. And it's, it's going to be a beautiful, beautiful summer, busy summer, a lot of tourism and, um, you know, we're all excited to get things back on track. Thank you all for listening. We'll catch you next week. Bye-bye. If you love Israel News Talk Radio, then you'll love our Facebook page. We keep you up to date on what's happening in Israel plus little surprise treasures that we don't share on the radio. Go now to follow us on Facebook. Just look for the Israel News Talk Radio Facebook page. And don't forget to subscribe and follow us by clicking on the like button. We post great stuff there that you'll want to share. Israel News Talk Radio on Facebook and Israel News Radio on Twitter. If you're hearing this message, everyone else can too. Advertise with Israel News Talk Radio and get your message out to people. We'll build a personalized package for you. Contact advertising at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Straight talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Hey, this is Jake in Anchorage, Alaska, and I love listening to all the super interesting interviews and up-to-date information on what's happening in Israel. Hello, this is Anna King, originally from London, now living in Israel. And what can I say? Israel News Talk Radio is my cup of tea. My name is Bhaskar. I'm from India, and I love listening because you get to know the truth and wonderful voices from this lovely country. Mom! Okay, wait a minute. Hi, this is Chava Dax, and I'm calling for the rolling hills of Malaya Dumim, just north of Jerusalem. I always listen to Israel News Talk Radio to get all the latest news and commentary and to keep me up to date every day. This is Sarah Dax from Malaya Dumim, and I'm 12. I wish Israel News Talk Radio was boring so my mom wouldn't listen to it all the time. Mom! You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. News, opinion, and more. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio.